All Things Teaching, hosted by Teaching Treasures. Hi, and welcome to All Things Teaching. I'm Beck, your host from Teaching Treasures. This podcast explores all things teaching, learning, and education with authentic, passionate teachers just like you. Hi, and welcome to episode four of All Things Teaching. For this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about something I'm passionate about, which is inquiry teaching. So obviously at uni, they teach us different things like integrated learning um, and inquiry and stuff, but I didn't really get my teeth into it until last year at my new school. So at my school, it was obviously our first year last year and I was a foundation staff member. So from K to two in our school, we um, have a blended pedagogy and one of those pedagogies that we use is the Kathy Walker approach, which is obviously really play-based hands-on learning with investigation where the children are sort of in control of their learning and they get to help design their learning spaces. So that is an amazing approach. I don't know as much about it as the K-2 teachers in my school, um, so I would love to do a future episode on Kathy Walker just to give you a little bit more information about that. But I, obviously being a Year 3 teacher, our focus in the upper school was on inquiry teaching. So I got into it at the start of last year and I was like, yep, like I'm so keen to give inquiry a really good go this year. Um, in my first year of teaching, I was at a school where they had science as a specialist subject. So we didn't teach the science ourselves. So at my school now, um, science isn't a specialist subject. So you teach your own science. And I think that's where the better opportunity for inquiry comes because we have that approach of our science and our house and our technology and our real world applications. And we can sew those all together into one really engaging inquiry. So at the start of last year, I was like, yep, I'm really keen to just jump into it and get started. And at first I didn't really know where to start. And then I remembered this textbook that I had been obsessed with while I was at uni for one of our inquiry units. So I went hunting for this textbook that I had used while I was at uni. And the textbook is called Power of Inquiry by Kath Murdoch. And I'd obviously read it while I was at uni um, for assignments and readings and whatnot, but I decided to read it again last year. And I just fell in love with Kath's idea of the inquiry cycle and how to be an inquiry teacher and what an inquiry classroom should look like. And so I pretty much read the book cover to cover like twice and went through it and highlighted things and pulled things out that I really enjoyed and photocopied things and started to put together a little bit of an idea of how I wanted inquiry to look in my classroom. Obviously being a brand new school last year, we didn't really have anything in place for our inquiry approach as such. So our leadership team had been to see some other schools that were leaders in inquiry teaching, but nothing they had really seen fit our model of our school. So they pretty much were leaving it open to the new staff that came in to kind of inform what that was going to look like. 
So I have another teacher at my school who was really into inquiry teaching as well. She knows more about it than I do. Um, and so her and I teamed up and we were like, yes, this is something that we are really passionate about. And we um, started, yeah, like an inquiry committee at our school. So we pulled things out of the Power of Inquiry book um, and different um, inquiry models from other um, like researchers as well because we didn't want to just go with just one approach because obviously not one of like one approach doesn't work for all kids all the time so you kind of need a bit of a repertoire of what's going to work for you so yeah we started to get some things together and we involved other teachers in our school and started had a few meetings at the end of last year and then first day back um, for staff development day this year, we actually presented all of the information that we had put together to our whole staff, which was a really cool experience because um, I hadn't had the opportunity to do that before. And um, the whole imposter syndrome, I had never really felt like I had anything to share. Like I had yet yeah, enough knowledge about something worth getting up and standing in front of all these other teachers. considering like. Obviously, I'm only in my third year, so I still feel like a bit of a baby sometimes that I don't really know what I'm doing, but I really, really enjoyed getting really deep into the inquiry and starting to feel like I actually do like do know a bit now um, and that I have the ability to share that with other teachers. So I thought I would talk through a little bit about what our approach is at our school um, what we pulled together and presented at the start of the year, as well as I would love to um, tell you all about an inquiry that I did in my school last year. So that's how the episode's going to go today. Um, yeah, have a chat through what we've done and then share a little bit about what I did for an inquiry unit. Keep in mind that this is just my opinion. Um, it's just how inquiry works for me. And obviously, you know, if you can take a little bit of wisdom from somewhere, then that would be fabulous, but I hope you enjoy. So when we first started to get things together to um, present to our staff and show to our principal, we, so the teacher that I worked with, we both loved the Kath Murdoch book and her approach to inquiry, but we also just wanted to make sure that that fit our school rather than us just taking that idea and running with it. So the first thing we kind of looked at was like, why Kath Murdoch and how it suited our school. So we talked about how Kath Murdoch and Kathy Walker embedded in like Murdoch's understanding of inquiry, we see a lot of the same values that Kathy Walker promotes. So we wanted to create student-centered and co-constructed environments that welcome our students and encourage exploration and wonder. So pretty much the Kathy Walker learning environment is amazing. There are so many hands-on things for students to investigate. So, you know, maths areas with different manipulatives, um, you know, real world science areas where they can actually, you know, get their hands dirty and pick things up and look at things and investigate things. And the teachers at our school do it so well. Their classrooms are just amazing. Um, and so we wanted an inquiry classroom that was outlined um, by Kath Murdoch and it linked so well with what we were already doing in our school. So the idea that as our students come through our school from K to 2, and they have the Kathy Walker approach in their classroom, 
their learning environments will look quite similar as they move up through the school, which obviously is what we want because we don't want them to just get to year two and then it to be quite changed. We wanted it to be really seamless throughout their years of schooling. So we just feel like that the approach cemented um, the practice that we already had across our school um, and it would help to carry them like into the upper years. So we love the way that it blended. We also have in our pedagogical framework at our school that great teachers understand that different approaches work more effectively at different times. And that's one thing that Kath Murdoch talks about really well in her book is she acknowledges the fact that different inquiries present themselves in different ways. So there is no singular framework for all inquiry topics. Depending on the inquiry topic, it depends on the kids, depends on where you're at, depends on so many different variables. And so that linked really well to our school's approach as well. So Murdoch speaks um, of three like overarching categories for inquiry. So there's like the project orientated one, um, like a philosophical or like ethical inquiry, and then also like an issue or like problem based inquiry. Um, and yeah, there are quite a few different approaches that we wanted to open it up to our staff instead of just saying, this is our one inquiry approach that we will do at our school. We've opened it up to say these are like the fundamentals that we want from inquiry, but that these are all the different ways you can approach it. So, you know, we talk in our school, we have a few like, you know, non-negotiables. Um, and when we talk about that, it's things like added reading and those things, like those things that we know are really good practice. So having some non-negotiable non-negotiables of an inquiry classroom but then having different ways to approach that so rather than just one way also throughout Kath Murdoch's book The Power of Inquiry there is lots of mention to the fact that like inquiries are messy and they're not simple and they're not necessarily like a structured way of teaching so it shows that there is a flow of inquiry but there are elements where the model can link or even mesh to other inquiry cycles. Um, and pretty much it just says that there isn't one r- right way to facilitate an inquiry. You might have to jump back if you need to go and revisit content or the students might take you in another path that you kind of hadn't already imagined, which is an important part of inquiry because we know that it has to be student-led and student-focused. So I think that's really powerful as well. So that's what I really like about inquiry in the sense that it's about what the kids are interested in. And I love learning like alongside the children as well. The four core values that we put forward to our staff. First one is ownership, interest, enjoy. So that learning is an active construction of students' knowledge enhanced when all of the learners um, can make choices so pretty much yeah making sure your kids are hooked in making sure they're engaged and that they're learning about something obviously that they're interested in um the other one is reflection openness and purpose so making sure that the students um have curiosity and flexibility to enhance their self-efficacy which is obviously really important as well Um, making sure you take into account the third one is their prior learning their transfer and time so making those connections between a new context and prior things I've already learned about as well as that bigger picture 
So how does what we're learning today link to what we learned last week, last term, last year, as well as how does it link to the real world? Um, And my example that I give later, I'll try and relate back to um, an example for that. And the fourth one is collaboration, resilience and environment. So obviously that we want students to be able to um, collaborate together, cooperate um, and that their mutual respect can enhance their learning um, as well as their ability to be resilient and use a growth mindset to continue working to that goal. And the environment that we use for inquiry should foster kind of all of those things. So they are the four core values that we put forward to our staff. Um, Obviously, we're still developing all of these. We had planned to have quite a few more meetings and things, um, but obviously due to coronavirus, that came a little bit tricky, which was a shame. But hopefully in the next couple of months, we can get back to it and we can continue to develop that at a school level, which will be really great. The teacher shout out for this episode is to one of my gorgeous friends, Sarah, from Learning with Sarah. She's in her fifth year of teaching and we actually met through our um, partners and she is an absolute gem. We love catching up and talking about all things teaching. Usually we have to tell ourselves to stop talking work when we get together, but she's an amazing teacher and I love hearing all of her stories and advice. So jump on over to her Instagram and give her some love. She is learning with Sarah. Next, I'm going to share a little bit about the inquiry cycle that Kath Murdoch outlines in her book. So the first part of the cycle is tuning in. So students share what they know or believe about the topic and they start to formulate questions and make connections. So when we have made posters of our cycles, we've got a statement up the top and then some questions. So what do I already think, know or feel about this? Do I have questions and what are they? The next part of the cycle is finding out. So that part is we start to research. So I can use my thinking, research, communication and cooperation skills to learn as much as I can about the topic. And how could I investigate this? Who could I talk to? What skills do I need to learn? And what will help me learn? So that's all of your research, finding out, talking to your local links and things like that. Next is the sorting out. So obviously I can sort, organize, represent and present the information I've collected about the topic. What information is useful? Are my questions being answered and how can I share this? So pretty much you've finished your research and now the students have all their information and what are they going to do with that information to sort it out so that it is easier for them to understand and represent what they've learned. So I find this is the really cool thing about inquiry these days is the reflecting and acting part. So I remember learning about things in primary school and, you know, doing the finding out and the sorting out. But then that was kind of it. And there was no kind of next step. Whereas we're really big these days on getting kids that real world connection and having them actually do something about it, you know, put something into action. So I think the reflecting and acting part of the cycle is really exciting. So um, students can apply their learning to other contexts and reflect on how I have learnt um, setting the goals for the future. So 
what have they learned about it? Um, how can they use this learning elsewhere? And how can they make a difference as well? And then obviously the last part is evaluating. So I can critically evaluate my learning throughout the inquiry cycle and use this to improve my learning. So what were the students' strengths? You know, what did they do well? Um, how is the inquiry valuable? You know, what have we achieved sort of thing. So last year with my year three class, we, we come back from a weekend and um, I live in a coastal suburb south of Perth and there was a dolphin that lives in our waterways and it had been on the news that weekend because it was a young um, dolphin, his name was Luca, they, they named them and um, have lots of dolphin watching places where we are. So his name was Luca and he had been caught up in fishing line. So he had fishing line stuck on his dorsal fin and it had started cutting into his dorsal fin and um, yeah, like made quite an open wound and everything. So the um, wildlife people who tried to catch him to help him and get it all sorted and everything. Um, and unfortunately it had happened like a couple of times and this time they had managed to get it and they got it off him and we had a big talk about it um, at school on the Monday and the kids were talking about what they'd seen and everything. And so I took their interest um, and I was like, we're going to run with this inquiry. Like, what can we, what can we learn? What do we want to do about it? Um, and that, yeah, really sparked an interest for me and the students for a new inquiry topic. Just before I start, I just want to explain that it is pretty wild weather here in Perth today. Um, so I apologize if there's any extra noise, wind or rain. I will hopefully try and edit it out. Um, but just bear with me. The mother nature is taking over today. So I want to talk you through the dolphin inquiry that we did. So obviously I've explained um, what happened and that the students actually came to class with this idea almost. And I decided that it would be really good to run with it. So it obviously links in with biological sciences in year three, um, as well as some geography, understanding about the place that we live in, um, as well as that community focus of geography. And we just jumped in. So the first thing that we focused on was a little bit um, of money, actually. We looked at fundraising and we looked at well, what does it mean to fundraise? And there's actually this online resource um, through Scrutal and it looked at saving um, a gum butang, which is like a made up, um, like a orangutan species. And they talked about why we needed to help and what the people could do and all the different things. So we did that as a lesson first up um, without really explaining much else to the students. Um, then we watched some Today Tonight footage, so obviously um, some news footage of what had happened about the dolphins in Mandra. Um, so we brainstormed all the times that we had seen the dolphins um, and we looked at different, more footage of them, um, yeah, around in our local area. And we also talked about the tourism that lots of people, when they come and visit, they go on cruises to see them and pretty much why we should care and 
what we could do to help. And the students really, really loved it. Um, so that was a bit of our um, tuning in. Then we started to do our finding out. So we, yeah, again, looked at some more videos, did some more research. Um, we actually even investigated what is a non-for-profit um, organization and why they help the world and what would it mean if those things didn't exist. Um, we started to look up different organizations where we lived. So we wanted to choose one that we thought would maybe help us help the dolphins the most. So we had a look at um, three different ones and we ended up deciding on one. Now, the really, probably the biggest part of this was um, connecting with that local entity. So I actually um, contacted them and they came out and spoke to the kids and it was amazing. It was the best like hour and a half I think I'd ever seen those kids work all year. Um, someone came out and she talked us through all the dolphins and she brought really interactive things for the kids to look at. Um, and she, yeah, taught us things that I didn't know as well about dolphins and their habits, um, as well as the issues that they're facing in our local environment. So the students, um, all wrote amazing detailed notes and we ended up compiling those into a book. So that was more of us finding out and sorting out so taking that information and sorting in then we had a look at the fundraising model that we looked at in our first lesson and we compared it to our dolphins okay what do we need to do what does it need to look like what do we need to organize if we're going to think of a way to help the dolphins so we also for our sorting out we started to um represent our data in different ways so obviously in the year three curriculum um, one of the data um, curriculum descriptors is not only to just show it in a written form but also an online form so I modeled to students of how to put the information into an excel spreadsheet and those sorts of things so we collated all that information in different ways and in our classroom we have an inquiry wall so this was all going up onto the inquiry wall as we were doing it, so it was visible and the students could see it and we could also relay it to, you know, family and um, other peers as well. So we wanted to get a little bit more information about the school first. So the students created surveys about what people um, in the school already knew about dolphins. So they loved those. They came up with questions. Um, they had to write them. And then I sent them around to all the different classes in the school to do a little bit of a data collection with the surveys. Um, and we also asked them about recycling habits and if they would be interested in helping the dolphins. So they did the um, paper surveys. We did them around the school in the classes. And then they also went out during their lunchtime, which they were all more than happy to do, um, to take that time to ask some questions of the other, um, like the wider school community. So then we kind of got into this going further part. So We'd learned so much about the dolphins. We brought all that information together and then we were pretty much saying, well, what are we going to do about it? So one thing that we did do was we created a little website. The students helped me. Um, like we did that together as some digital technologies. We also created some online infographics and then the students started making their own flyers, their own bookmarks, their own materials to start promoting our dolphin day as we called it. So the students organized a bake sale 
for the last Friday of term three and they spoke to their families, they spoke to other people and we asked for donations of baked goods. Um, They figured out how they were going to display it, how much they were going to charge. Um, They also, which was really cute, they organized other things to do during our little bake store. So we had a recycling um, game. So we had a big clamshell that was filled with um, water and sand and animals, as well as some rubbish. And people could come up and have a go at helping to take the rubbish out of the waterways and the small environment. We also had um, like a pin the tail on the dolphin, a massive poster that the kids had drawn of a dolphin, which they really, really loved. Um, And they just had a blast with this day. They absolutely loved it. They were all so engaged. I pretty much just sat back and watched them um, as they organized everything themselves. So it was a very, very proud teacher moment. Another thing that I did during that time was we talked about the other things that this non-for-profit organization were doing, such as Mandra, such as a cleanup day in the local environment. So they would organize for volunteers to come down and spend their day cleaning up the waterways. And so I find it really important to lead by example with my students. So I actually spent the day volunteering and I took heaps of photos and got as much information as I could. And I actually took that back to the students to show them like this was all the rubbish that we found. These were the types of rubbish. And they were really interested in that. So next time I did, I would love to like organize an excursion to do something along those lines. Um, it was just a little bit too quick and we'd already planned a whole um, cohort excursion. But next time that is something that I would definitely try to do because I think they would have really loved doing that as well. So we had our day and we got some materials, like some advertising materials from our non-for-profit, which we displayed at our event. The kids had an absolute blast and they were so, so proud of themselves. And on that day, we raised over $700, which was amazing. I didn't really have any expectations of how it was going to go but they were just over the moon with how much they had raised for the dolphins, which was amazing. So we really feel like we contributed to our local environment and we did something really special, which is what, you know, I think it just makes all the difference. I, it's going to be something I remember for years and years, and I really hope that it will be something that my students remember for a long time as well. So. Obviously, that was a little bit of a left of field inquiry because it wasn't just something that I sat down and planned that went with the curriculum perfectly, but it was so much more um, authentic and just real world than anything I probably could have come up with if I had just planned the curriculum. So I suppose my advice is finding things that you and your students are really passionate about. I say that my kids were passionate, but dolphins are my favorite animals. So I think I was equally or more passionate about it than the kids were. But we just had an absolute blast and we learned so many skills over that inquiry. And I think that's the really important part as well that, you know, we may not have needed to learn about all the intricacies of dolphins and their habits and our local environment in that sort of depth. But I also think that we can't dispute how important that is that those kids learn those things anyway. 
So I think my suggestion would be to find things that your kids are really passionate about, that you are really passionate about, and then find a way to kind of weave your curriculum through that just to get a really interesting inquiry happening in your classroom. So obviously due to COVID this year so far, I haven't been able to do anything as exciting, but I do have something in the works for hopefully later this term. So I might be able to share that one with you later in the year. So I hope that you've gotten something out of this episode and that it's been yeah enjoyable for you to hear a little bit just about me. I hope you're not too sick of my voice this episode. We will be having some more in conversations coming up as well because for me it is so important to find out information from other teachers as well. But I hope you enjoyed. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of All Things Teaching. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so you can keep up to date with all the new episodes. Have a wonderful day.